warning. The following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. I'm your host, Liz, and I'm here with regular guest star Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast. How you doing, Emily? Hey, I'm excited for all ladies' movie reviews in 20 Q. We are the female reboot, except you're also the star of the real one, so you're like the crossover, like when they made Gal Gadot do Shazam, and I'm Shazam. I I mean, I am a star. You're a star. We're all stars. We, we, we basically are the the main reason to listen, I guess. I thank you for joining me with such a last-minute invitation to the show. Eagle-eared listeners will notice that Sam is, in fact, not here. He has some stuff going on, so I'll be hosting the next few episodes, but we'll make sure that he is mocked as much as he usually would be so that he doesn't feel too much FOMO. So, hey, Sam. <laughs> suck. <laughs> That's all I got for now. I'll work on it. All right. If he's hitting uh, play on his own podcast, he should expect that. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I actually make fun of him in a later answer. So that works out well too. Something for him to look forward to. Anyway, <laughs> today we're doing the absolutely classic film, Old School. I believe we may have done it previously, but it's not available for regular listeners and I wanted to do it, so too bad, so sad. Um, the film is 20 years old this year, having come out in 2003. I don't know if that makes any other listeners feel pretty old school, because it sure does me. It was directed by Todd Phillips and stars Luke Wilson as Mitch, Vince Vaughn as Beanie, Will Ferrell as Frank. Alan Pompeo as Nicole, Juliet Lewis as Heidi, and Jeremy Piven as Dean Pritchard, as well as a bunch more familiar faces throughout the film. It scores 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 54% on Metacritic, wow, and 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Emily, would you like to summarize the plot? Yeah, Luke Wilson, dreamy Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. has to move because his wife cheats on him. And so he moves into what turns out to be student housing, zoned as student housing by a guy who doesn't like him. So they have to start a frat to keep him in his house or he's going to have to move. So a bunch of middle-aged guys start a frat. That's a really good summary. I like that. That was uh, tight and concise. And you are correct. Uh, Luke Wilson is the dreamy brother of the Wilson brothers. I don't really like Owen Wilson. But the third Wilson is attractive, the third hidden Wilson. There's a third Wilson? Mm-hmm. There's a third Wilson. Is this just like Larry Hemsworth, like the third brother out of The Good Place? Like, he doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, but he's but he's real and he looks good. Okay, I'll Google that later. I look forward to it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess we should get into the podcast. Um, so we're going to kick off with our – compliment sandwich which is where you will give one good thing one bad thing one good thing to the film if you really loved it you might give it a hyperbole sandwich one good thing one great thing one good thing if you didn't like it you would give it a shit sandwich one bad thing one good thing one bad thing so why don't you start us off emily with your sandwich i'm gonna go with a i'm gonna go with a compliment sandwich i i watched it for the first time and i was really mostly thrilled my favorite part all the small roles were just people that I love, like Rob Corddry for one minute, Alicia mm-hmm. Cuthbert for two minutes, like Leah Remini for one minute. Everybody that I like was there for just a second and then they'd be gone. Matt Walsh, like all these great improv people populated the entire background of the film. So I, yeah. lo- I love seeing someone pop up and be like, I love that person. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, and Snoop, Snoop Dogg. 
and Snoop Dogg, poor Snoop Dogg, <laughs> who got bullied into it. So good, though. Like, so worth it. For me. I was shocked when, when Vince Vaughn announced that the musical guest was Snoop Dogg. I was like, oh, my God, just like everyone at that party. How'd he do it with Speaker City? How'd he get Snoop Dogg? I know. I was trying to remember because I've, I've seen this movie. I love this movie, but um, I couldn't remember who it was Yeah, when it came out Snoop Dogg. I was surprised as well. So. <laughs> The the bad thing I will say is – so I had missed this in the kind of group of like older guys trying to recapture their youth movies. I think there are a lot kind of hangover is probably the ultimate example of it. This kind of fell by the wayside. I kind of get why you see how all these ideas were recycled into other things and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just one of many of these and it has Luke Wilson so it's charming enough to get by. But I, I get why it's not – it's kind of like Euro Trip versus American Pie, where you're like, that one was also good, but it just wasn't the juggernaut. So if I hadn't seen that, I would probably be okay, but I'm glad I saw it because my end of my compliment sandwich, my other piece of bread, why 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 are we misusing Luke Wilson? He's so good in this. He's so good. He's a great leading man. He's a great like in his own right, of course he's great opposite uh in Legally Blonde, right? Like 100%. As the romantic interest. But he should just be the star. He has it. He has it. And this yep. movie uses him well because they, you know what, you know what they don't do? They don't make him like Jason Bateman, like, I'm the sad, grumpy guy and everyone else is trying to make me have fun. It's like, no, he's a regular guy. Yeah. It, it was perfect. And that's why I liked it. If, if the main character had been uh, any Jason Bateman character, I would not have liked this movie. No, and I could see them putting him in, but I, yeah, he would not have been the right choice. Okay, so how many tranquilizer darts are you giving this film out of 10,000? I will say a solid, a solid 6,600 tranquilizer darts of, I enjoyed it. If it was on TV, I would leave it on. Uh, I won't buy the Blu-ray, but I liked it. <laughs> wow, that's low. I'll allow it, but I'm slightly disappointed. I'm not even mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's fine. Um, so because oh, I no. clearly love this movie. Look, I would agree. It's not like at my number one of this sort of cluster of movies um, that this sort of crew have been in, um, but I'm. it's right up there for me. So, um, look, I am going to give the first statement I make about it as a good one. It is. It has a great script. There's some quality one-liners in this. It took me a while to pin down a few for our uh, fan favorite question later. Um, yeah, definitely a couple of things. I thought, oh, I need to keep. I need to use those again. I need to just bring those out in like ongoing society. So I'll work on that. Um, yeah. Someone screaming, "You're my boy, Blue." Was that a reference to something else, or is it a reference to this movie? I think it's this movie. Like that's definitely an iconic line in this this film okay. but I don't know if he pulls it from something else but yeah I would definitely be referencing this movie if I was like you're my boy blue which I'm not gonna lie to you I have used that line so <laughs> yeah so look I love that love the dialogue I think it's great um my great thing wow surprise <gasps> I know oh. I know I don't do a lot of hyperbole sandwiches but I wanted to give one to this so my great thing is the music I think this has a phenomenal soundtrack there's just some quality music in this you've already heard one of my favorite songs from the film at the uh, start of the episode it is it's it's just on point and like yeah, I just, I really rate it. Uh, and finally, um, my other good thing is I just think it's a good, simple and funny story. 
you know, it's a nice, easy kind of thing to do. It's a nice thing to watch. And it, it's funny. Like, it'll make you laugh. So um, I'm going to give this film 12,275 <gasps> tranquilizer darts. So roughly twice as much as what you've given it. I just <laughs> – it's something I can always put on. I know I'm going to laugh. It's not, like, my favorite movie of all time, but it's a solid hyperbole for me. Yeah. That's quality. I respect that. I get it. I was watching it. And I was like, I get, I get it. I, I – I was missing out. To be fair, I think part of it is because it holds a place in my heart from when I first watched it, you know? So, like, it's got that sentimental value. Probably if I just watched it now, I wouldn't be as high. But too bad, so sad. That's what I'm going with. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Don't shut up. You All have right. to ask the next question. So, <laughs> you know, good luck. Good luck to you. <laughs> All right. Question number two. What character best represents the other podcaster? Okay. So, be with me here because you might be offended, mm. but be with me. <laughs> I'm going Beanie for you. Bernard, like Vince Ford's oh. character. <laughs> I want a speaker city. Yeah, well, A, you want a speaker city, obviously. Look, he's funny, he's successful, and he's got strong opinions, and he is not afraid to share them. So oh. that's what I'm going with. That's good. It's sad that I think every character in this movie, I have to also be like, don't be offended, but you know what yeah. I mean? For any character 100%. in this movie. Here's what I yeah. was thinking. The only person in this movie I have any respect for Will Ferrell's wife didn't even learn the actress's <laughs> name. I'm so sorry to that woman. Here's why. She realized it sucked and she got out. She's like, you know what? Let's get a divorce. I'm not doing this. I was like, you're the only – I mean, look at the other women in this film. Ellen Pompeo, who's with that loser. Yeah. Cuthbert is a child. Leah Remini also hates her husband. That is the only – that is the only woman that actually <laughs> – took what she wanted has some self-respect life yeah has like strong female friendships has like living a good life doesn't need will ferrell's nudity in it so Thank i was you. like who do i respect to this movie this woman who oh i wish i knew that actress yeah i was like oh really because she's a bit of a killjoy but i do like how you put that so i'll take it and assume it's a compliment thank you Thank you very much. Killjoy. And look, it'll beat whatever Sam would have said because he always picks the most horrible one to compare me to. So who would we make Sam? There's no are there any bald characters in this? I don't think so. No, everyone has a full I mean Matt Walsh has been well, Matt Walsh has hair. Does Artie Lang have hair? No, yeah, everybody Rob Cordry. Rob Cordry could not have had hair. He's never had hair. Oh, there you go. That's you, Sam. You're Rob Cordry. All right. <laughs> Moving on to question three. What scene will you remember from this film on your deathbed? Okay, the obvious one I have to go with is when they're all sucking on carrots because I just kept thinking, imagine being the actress who has to do this scene. You're on set with the five other actresses, all the crew guys. You do it. You say your embarrassing line. You're fondling imaginary carrot balls. Then they go, okay, reset, like do it again. And you just have to do this in front of all of those other adults. I would die. Oh, so I just was thinking about how horrible that would be. That is legit, actually. Yeah, I I wouldn't do that party either. Like, no, thank you. That's just not for me. I mean, well, no. Oh, I'm a massive prude, but even so, like, that's just not right. Damn. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason, the scene I always remember from this film, and I have no idea why, is Vince Vaughn puffing on a cigarette when he's doing the rings and he's, like, lifting himself up on the rings. I just always have this mental picture of him doing that when, you know, and I think partly it's because the rings are fucking hard like if you watch the guys that do them in the olympics or whatever it's out of control but i also have a soft spot for will ferrell doing the the floor routine because it's so 
graceful and elegant and really you couldn't have had anyone else do that routine but him no and it made me think of actually blades of glory and him doing yes. beautiful routines. And I was like, you really buy it either way. I thought of jazz flute in Anchorman. I thought, yeah, he is quite a musical chap and has like a real rhythm to him. So no wonder he was doing the rhythmic gymnastics, I guess. Right. That was top notch. <laughs> Question number four. What scene was sorely missing from this film? It was quite hard to think of something because I think it's well put together. But I decided it had to be Frank turning up to Heidi's place and just discovering a super weird orgy. You're like right. I could just imagine what they could, you know, you could have just gone to town and had some weird ass shit in there. And Frank would have just been like, this is my heaven. They could have tagged it on at the end with the credits. I'm shocked that they didn't. That would have fit so yeah. well. Cause they could have actually had that scene with him in the credits, like the, the scene where she invites him. That could have just been part yeah. of the whole film, like the yeah. end of the film. That would have been fine. What would you done? Related to Will Ferrell's floor routine, as I was thinking when he did it, when they were all doing their little bits, I was like, God, they're not good. Like, they don't have to be good. That's the joke. <laughs> but you never see that with, like, women. So I was thinking, God, in a movie like this, if it was starring women, we would get routine practice of that dance number. Yeah, That dance absolutely. number that they did so badly. I cannot think of a single movie where I've seen, like, women just do a bad dance number. You know what I mean? Like, they're always perfectly in sync. Yes. And I was like, I want to see these guys practicing – doing a really good job in the practice and then delivering exactly what they delivered at the finals. <laughs> that just like Yes, I think nothing. that's awesome. Because <laughs> they obviously, they must have been taught it by the cheerleaders. They just went to the cheerleaders and went, look, just teach us a routine. Yeah. Teach us your basic run-of-the-mill high school yeah. routine. Like, keep it simple. That would have been great if they just had like a little scene of some hot cheerleaders just like trying to teach them how to do things. Like a training montage and the cheerleaders are too hot. And that's why they did such a bad job when they actually did it. Yes. And that would, they would have been great too if they'd had like multiple clips of Frank the Tank making it through the ring on fire and like he did it perfectly yeah. every time. And so you're watching, you're like, this will be fine. And then no. No. But that bit is fucking hilarious where he just lands straight on top of the, on top of the flaming ring of fire and he's just on fire. <laughs> I mean, but in the same vein, I was like, where's our trying on outfits montage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, this movie has something for everyone, but that would have brought more for the woman, I think, if they're trying on. Because I like the little outfits that they chose for the frat uniform, like when yeah. they were walking around in their nice vest and shirt. They look really elegant. Yeah. I thought that was really classy. Yeah. I was a great look on Luke. Yeah, definitely. But even like, you know, Vince Vaughn pulled that off. I've always had a soft spot for Vince Vaughn. I have no idea why, actually, because he's such an ass, but in everything. Time but for him. Here's where he's hottest. Mm. Have you ever seen the remake of Psycho? No. He plays Norman Bates in a shot for shot remake of Psycho where Anne Heche was the killed in the shower and Julianne Moore, I believe it's her sister, comes look for her. Anyway, everybody hates that movie because why do a shot for shot remake of a Hitchcock? Yeah. You know what I mean? But here's the thing he plays a character very gay, <laughs> and I'm very into it. Interesting. I'm going to check that. Well, I'll at least check out a little bit of it. I'm scared of horrors, so I don't know. I can watch the whole thing or anything. <laughs> Just look at a picture. If you Google him in the movie, it's like very 90s, this man is gay. You know all right, what I mean? all right. I will, I'm, in fact, I'm going to look it up now. And I'm very into it. I feel like he might wear a, a turtleneck. Like I just, um, you know, and Norman Bates was not gay, but of course the actor was. Oh, was I love how you're like, obviously, and I'm like, I, I yeah. don't even know who it was. Who <laughs> okay. was it? 
Of course. What's his face? That guy was a shirt. God, I can't think of his name now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see it. That's a shirt. I'm very into that. That is a shirt. I might. I might be into the shirt, and that's that's. Yeah, I want to buy my boyfriend the shirt somehow. I wonder if I can. That'll be amazing. <laughs> Google Vince Vaughn, psycho. Yeah. You shirt. won't be disappointed, team. <laughs> See what that's, you get. That's our gift to you for today. <laughs> oh, amazing. All right, question five. What was the biggest dick move of the movie? And there were a few actually. This was a tough one. There were so many. Here's the biggest dick move of the movie to me, Emily. <laughs> To say in their cast that they have Leah Remini and then have her in the background holding a baby for 20 seconds and deliver one line in a car, that was a real dick move to me. It really felt (laughs) cruel because I thought, oh, Leah Remini never gets to star in movies. She's going to get to at least be the wife that nags in this kind of movie who's like, why aren't you at home, Vince Vaughn? Doesn't even do that. Don't even see her long enough to be nagged by her. The movie itself was a dick to me. Controversial opinion, but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I I thought it was really interesting, (laughs) actually. I kind of liked it that they made Beanie out to, like, really hate his wife and stuff. But then, actually, he wasn't, like, it it wasn't your typical where he was a total douche to her or she was, like, a total psycho. Like, I kind of liked that they did that. They were just, he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm a grown-up. It sucks. He hung with his kids. Like, he always was He was actually a pretty good dad, actually. Like, earmuffs, super cute. He made you know, a earmuffs. Yeah, fuck shit, whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an example. You don't actually have to swear. <laughs> I'm going to go with when Mark claimed that Mitch harassed the waitress when he was actually the one being gross himself. After he'd like called bro code, bro code doesn't apply. The worst part of that was when he told Ellen Pompeo he was harassing a cater waiter, meaning he knew he was harassing. He didn't just think, oh, she was into it. I was flirting. He he knew what he he knew he was gross. That was really I was like, oh, you don't usually admit to it. Yeah, no, that was definite projection. Oh, so gross. I just didn't understand why you wouldn't lock the door. If you're cheating on your partner at a party. Like, Bizarre. just lock the door, man. You're in a bathroom. It has a lock. Although, actually, does mine have a lock? And then he's mad that he didn't knock. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, are we not knocking? And I'm like, are you not locking? I'm like, what a dumbass. Right. <laughs> I mean, if I if I had to pick a moment in the film because it was all – they were all such dicks, I was really horrified by Vince Vaughn at the wedding talking shit like at the altar oh yeah that was the most rude and i was like vince we just started this movie you already gotta be a jerk come on man why yeah and i love that the two other groomsmen obviously can hear him and are just not even reacting or saying anything they're just like oh yeah that's legit like i wouldn't either i would just silently hope it stopped yeah (laughs) question number six what character would you definitely not get to house at your place well, I couldn't pick. I've got three because uh, I feel like, well, look, frankly, you probably wouldn't want anyone. But no. if you picked Beanie, he'd turn the house into a fraternity, and I don't want that. If you mm-hmm. picked Blue, he might die, and then so would my houseplants. And <laughs> then what's the point of having him house-sitting? And if you picked Heidi, God knows what you'd end up with on all the surfaces <laughs> of your house. So, like, oh, you're really God. limited on your options, right? Yeah, you. But I think the harder question would be, who would you pick? Yeah, actually, <laughs> like, yeah. They're all monsters. So I, I wouldn't pick Ellen Pompeo, and here's why. 
Ellen Pompeo was such a bad judge of character that I feel like she'd be over there checking the mail, checking my cats, and someone would knock on the door and be like, I'm not a murderer. And she'd be like, come on in. Steal all the TVs. You seem nice. Like, she just had so little awareness. My cats would be dead. The plants would be dead. I feel like at least some of those other guys would fulfill the tasks until if they're blue, they died. Heidi would get stuff on all your furniture, but she'd probably water the plants. Yeah, that's fair. She had some weird art on her walls, did Heidi. Did you see that at the start? There's some really fucked up paintings, like Goya style, I think. Anyway, so random side side note. I was really just upset by her bleach blonde hair on Juliette Lewis. I was like, this is not how I like my Juliette Lewis. No, but I do like Juliette Lewis, so I was glad that she was there at all. I totally see what you're saying about Nicole. What really cracked me up with her was that like, she's really angry at him about all the stuff. And then all it takes for her to turn around on him is that her, it turns out her partner was cheating on her. And then she, it's like, it doesn't matter that those high school girls were like chatting him up or that he seems right. to be the head of a fraternity or whatever else she had problems with. She had no. Oh, my other boyfriend's cheating on me. So, so I might as well out. go to this other guy who is still seems like a total psycho, but at least he's not cheating on me. But who also knew when she was like, I'm going out with Mark. He's like, oh, I waited too long to ask you out for dinner. But do you want to go out for dinner tomorrow? So it's like, he's not a good guy. No. You're pretty hot, Alan Pompeo. You could do better. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in this movie could do better. What kind of example are you setting for your daughter? I'm just saying. (laughs) Poor daughter. Especially since the daughter is there when Frank brings out the sex doll. You know, like he's just like, oh, yeah. look at what, and I'm just like, she's right there. That was not okay. What nurse or what? What was the other costume? Oh, police. Was it policewoman? Probably. I can't remember. Not ideal, but a good partner for for Frank. So um, our next question is actually a Patreon question from the man Chris Yeni, who is in fact the man. What on the nose song would you insert into this movie and where? Very on the nose. Forever Young, Rod Stewart, When Blue is in the wrestling tub, just as he grows. Oh, I like it. Just as those girls yeah, nice. coming up on him. Look, at least he died doing what he loved. I was thinking that. I almost asked something about that. Like, I was like, you know, that seems like he's fine. He's having a good yeah. time. It's harder for everyone else there at that party. Yeah, I'd be pretty traumatized if I was the girls. It is their fault, honestly. They did To be it. fair, though, they had excellent breasts. They were very nice breasts. They shouldn't have taken their top off. That's what killed him. They did that. Yeah, but can you blame them? They had exquisite breasts. How would you – if your breasts looked like that, you'd want to get them out. Don't even, don't even try and <laughs> even, tell me that you wouldn't. Even if they're like, there's a 50% chance someone will die, you go, you know what? Got to take it's it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Look at these. Look at these. That's what you'd be like. Yeah, I wouldn't even be in that pool. That KBHL would be so gross. Would that just feel disgusting? (sighs) And just that that other people were in it before. There's like definitely at minimum lint in there, okay? People's hair. The amount that I shed hair, the amount of cat hair I carry around me all the time, I'd be getting so much hair in that tub of KY jelly. That'd be so gross. And think how expensive it would have been. To make that whole fucking peddling pool of KY jelly. Like, ugh, ugh. I can't afford that. Yeah. <laughs> I found this question quite hard as well because I actually, like I said, I think the soundtrack is fucking banging and I think they do such a good job. Like, they put in really good music at every perfect point. But I've decided on 
We Belong by Pat Benatar because I feel it's in the vibe of the, the film. And I'm doing it when Mark drives his car off the bridge into Dean Pritchard because I was like, they do belong together. I love that. It was such an unexpected end credit scene. I just did not see that coming, but it was solid. Like it was such a great way to sort of close it out. Well, it was weird for Jeremy Piven to be kind of like dorky guy. Yeah. I reckon he would have had such a fun time playing that role. Yeah. I, on one of these movies, it must be like when Adam Sandler takes you to Hawaii and you're, you know, and you're doing one of his movies. Like, you must be having a nice time. You guys are buds having fun. Oh, totally. You know, he just, they were like, oh, would you come be in this film with us? And he's like, oh, I get to be one of the cool kids in the cool movie. And they're like, you're the villain. And he'd be like, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'm included. Yeah, I'm you're included. gross. You have a sweater vest, loser. Mm-hmm. But then he is quite gross, isn't he, Jeremy Piven? Yeah. Isn't he, like, quite problematic? Yes. Yeah. He also did one of the funniest things of all time, which is he had some, like, Broadway play. He had some play, and he was doing so bad, and the reviews were so bad, that then he said he got mercury poisoning, and he couldn't do the play anymore and cancel all the shows. I believe he was in breach of contract uh, because he did that. Oh, my God, that's but hilarious. He said he was really sick, and everyone was like, no, you just – nobody liked you in it, and you're trying to get out of it. Why would you choose mercury poisoning? That's such a random choice. From, like, fish – like he ate too much fish. I just feel like you'd go. I got I don't know chicken box or something. <laughs> you know, like there's these options that would seem more believable than fucking mercury poisoning. <laughs> he really went for That's it so to weird. be like, I cannot come back to the show, please. That is so weird. What a fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, what a weirdo. Okay, speaking of weirdos, question number eight. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? All right. So uh, the easy one to start with is you tell anyone about this, I'll fucking kill you. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't be great. (laughs) Uh, I also liked, I was obsessed with you. Not in a dangerous way. I just watched you a lot from a distance. (laughs) I thought that was cute. But do you want to hear that after you've had sex with someone, like you're kind of like, oh, I've just had sex with the stalker and I've probably just made him want to kill me. So, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. And don't say sorry to me. Say sorry to the baby. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I would not want to hear that. You just don't even know which baby they're talking about. Are you talking about a baby you're going to have or the baby? Is there a baby in the room? Regardless, it's not okay. Imagine you didn't know there was a baby in the room, and it turns out there is. There's already the baby. You'd be like, oh, my God, I am the world's worst human being. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. What's yours? I went with just one. Don't worry. The pledges will clean it up. (laughs) Nice. That's why I need a fraternity. (laughs) They did just, they were like, do whatever you want. Clean my whole house. I had a runner up, and it was, you think KFC is still open? Because if I heard that, that might have meant that I just had sex with Sam. And that would be really, really terrible. (laughs) I would love if that was Sam's line. I know. I felt like as soon as I heard that line, I was like, well, I obviously have to bring that up in the podcast. And how can I do it in a way that makes fun of Sam the most? So that's what I will choose. Yeah. Poor Sam. That would be a good pickup line. Not good after sex. Good pickup line. You think KFC is still open? Yeah. To somebody at the bar? 100%. You'd be like, yeah, man, I'll live with you to go get KFC. Yeah. All right, question nine. Which side character would make for the best spinoff movie? Okay, I don't know how they would do this and not make it gross, but 
what is up with Alicia Cuthbert? Like, what is going on there? She's in high school. Oh, no. What life is she leading that she was yeah. just like so chill? Because I thought it was going to be, you know, she was like obsessed with them or something because they're like, oh, look, she's a young girl. Like they had sex for the first time, blah, 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 blah. No, she just brushed it off like, oh, it happens. What life are you leading that that just happens? What's going yeah. on? I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. She's super chill about it. She's just like, I just had casual sex with a dude who was obviously over 30. This guy's double my age probably, and it's fine. And again, I feel like this kind of movie very often like vilifies women. And this doesn't – and that she doesn't come and threaten him. She doesn't say I'm going to tell – she doesn't say, you know, she's just like, don't worry. My dad won't know. Oops, sorry, Alan Pompeo. Bye. Yeah. With that bit, I was just like, Darcy, come on, read the room. Like, oh, why yeah. do you think this well, is a good idea to come and talk to him at this point? Because she's 16. Oh, true. There's <laughs> a good life lesson for you, Darcy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I do think it would be horrifying, but it could be a cautionary tale, I suppose. No, she's done this 50 times. Yeah. Well, I mean, good on her. You've embraced your sexuality, Darcy. Woo. Anyway, I am going to go with Blue. And that is especially because my granddad was also called Blue and was also in the Navy. So I've decided oh. that I am this Blue's oh, granddaughter in old school canon. So they obviously need to make a movie about that. And then I would get to meet Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. No. No. The good one. Luke, Luke. Wilson and Frank the Tank. I did have the horrible thought. I mean, I guess, no, I think it's nice. It's a nice thought when they were at his funeral and they had that picture up. I was like, he was hot. That like Navy picture of him. I was like, who's that? I wondered if it was actually him. Like I wondered I if too. that guy was actually in the Navy back in the day. I meant to Google it and I forgot. I'm going to look that up. Hold on. Or if they just bought like a stock photo somewhere. So the actor was Patrick Cranshaw. He is an American character actor. He is best known for one of his last roles, that of Joseph Blue Pulaski, a fraternity brother in the hit oh, comedy. Oh, no. That was one of his last oh, no. roles. Imagine that being your... Ah, there you go. He became interested in acting while entertaining American troops as a member of the <gasps> Army Air Forces before World War II. Jesus. So he was never in the military. There you go. But he entertained them before World War II. Man, he's old. Old school, one might say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was old 20 years ago. He'd be absolutely decrepit now. I guess he's probably dead. I should look that up too. Okay, hold on. Oh, he died of pneumonia aged 86. He only died three years later. Oh, wait. That's hilarious. They've got that he died in December 28, 2005. And then under, the, like in the little box on Wikipedia, it's got years active. And it says 1950 to 2006. So apparently he was active after his death. Maybe he recorded some stuff that came out later. <laughs> I like to think that they recorded his corpse for something. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> Speaking of corpses, what's the next question, Emily? Oh, question number <laughs> 10. Which character would you get to help you hide a dead body? Okay, so I feel like you could do either Andy Dick or Sean William Scott, because both of them That's seem like they're good was. in a crisis. <laughs> yeah, it was Stifler. Come on. No, Andy yeah. Dick. Stifler, I recognize, although upset by the mullet. Yeah, either of those characters. They could keep a secret. They definitely would keep a secret. They're good in a crisis. They will just solve your shit, and they will, they'll have fun with it. They'll roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, Andy Dick, I think, is, yeah. He can keep a secret for sure. I went very classic, very boring. Vince Vaughn, Beans, 
Is that his name? It's a horrible Beanie. name. Beanie. I don't know okay. why. Like I, Beanie is less he's embarrassing than Beans. Ugh. Ugh. Beanie. Yeah. Yeah. He is classic, like, like, he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. He knows somebody who I'm sure has a dump site, you know. He knows a guy can borrow a truck. He knows, like, he's going to obfuscate this whole thing. There's going to be so many layers to it. He's going to turn it into a mission. He's so bored at home. He's going to make this, like, his yeah. task. I'm not even going to be connected to it anymore. He'll buy gadgets and shit that'll do it. He'll go out and buy, like, lime and whatever else you're supposed to use to get rid of dead bodies, which I totally don't know anything about at all. I'm not A big barrel anything. of lime. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of these characters, you could get the whole bloody fraternity to do it. Like that could be one of the hazing things. Yeah. yeah. And they would, which is so sad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, question 11. What item from this film would you want or definitely not want to be? I do not want to be that passed around bread maker. <laughs> that was so sad. Nobody wanted it. Will Ferrell didn't even remember getting it from Luke Wilson. That was so rude. And you know what? Or Luke was giving so, it to him. Or get, well, taking, <laughs> getting it from Luke Wilson, then giving it to him, then giving it to the kid. Yeah. And Luke Wilson was so gracious about it. That he had gifted Will Ferrell he that. Was. Will Ferrell tried to give it back. And then he watched Will Ferrell give it to a kid. He was so gracious, so kind. He just kind of was like, well, okay. And it was so sad. And that kid isn't excited. That thing's going in the trash. It cracked me up that Will Ferrell was so eager for him to open it as well. He was just like, yeah, here's this present I'm giving you. You're going to love it. I was like, would you not just hide that on the table and be like, I just gave you a present. Okay, bye. You know. Yeah. That kid's not going to want a bread maker, man. What are you thinking, Frank? It was really weird that he made him open it in front of him. Yeah. Not a lot of good judgment there. <laughs> that was the biggest dick move. That was dumb. I am going with Andy Dick's carrot. Because that was just way too much teeth, I've got to say. If you, like, watch it, he's literally scraping the skin off the carrot. No. No. That's not how. No, you don't want to be anything that's touching Andy Dick. Uh, well, that's true, actually. I wouldn't want to go in Andy Dick's mouth altogether. But he also, yeah, the way he was treating it was just wrong. It was very, very bad. Why did one girl get a zucchini and everybody else got a carrot? Sarah Shahi got a yeah. cucumber or a zucchini. <laughs> Rude. Just that whole scene was just fucking dire. <laughs> it really was. That's the one scene with, like, more than one woman. And it's just... So awful. Yeah. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I don't know if it does. No, because I think when we when we have the four women in the car, they're just talking about like Will Ferrell. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> There's no way. Okay, old school Bechdel test. Two out of three. Two out of three ain't bad. It is bad, listeners. It's really not hard to pass the Bechdel test. I'm surprised it got two. Oh, it had two named women talking to each other. Right. Like two women with names, but they just right. never talked about something that wasn't a man. Yeah. That's appalling. All right, what's question 12? Question number 12. Allah's sixth sense. What character could have been dead the whole time and no one knew? I'm going with Frank, just because I'm surprised he made it to adulthood at all, frankly. <laughs> I, frankly, I don't even mean to do have. that. <laughs> But, he really shouldn't have. So I just don't think he did. I think he died. And then they're all like, ah, oh, Frank the ghost is around. He's always like that. 
Although they, that would mean that they knew. But he was just the same kind of guy as a ghost and they're all kind of like, this is fine. This is fine. I know. Well, the fact that he used to be that he clearly stopped drinking because of what horrible things happened before. Yeah. So obviously he died. I don't even want to know. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you picking? I am going with the guy who got his penis pulled down the sewer drain. Because <laughs> we see him throughout, like, the rest, like, in the background, you know, he has to do the high jump, etc. But he could have been dead. He should have been dead. <laughs> I would have died. Just even if it didn't actually rip his penis off and he didn't die of blood loss or, like, something got necrotic – wouldn't you die of shock? Yeah, that's legit, actually. I'm not going to lie. I did, in fact, laugh at that bit. That is a quality scene. I was just so shocked. It's just like, so ridiculous. And I was just watching that and I was like, why would you do this? Why, why are men? Why are men that this is a thing that they do? Yeah. I mean, I just don't see women tying a rope around a boob. And this was one where I was like, did they come up with that or had someone heard of someone doing it to someone else? You know what I mean? Like, is this just something that maybe has happened before on the earth before this movie? Oh, I reckon that's it. I reckon that they've seen it. Someone read it in a, someone read it about a Florida university. It's got to be Florida. 100%. And was like, yeah. Perfect. Um, speaking of uh, why I mean, I will ask you question 13, which is who would you cast in a gender swapped reboot of this film? Okay, I have the perfect cast. As I was watching, because I was thinking about like this kind of movie, the actresses that are in this kind of movie that I haven't seen in a little bit in this kind of movie, because they only do it when they're younger, because they're like, they're the wife. You know, okay. As Luke Wilson, Rose Byrne. Nice. 100%. Straight man, like basically her neighbor's character, sort of like the straight man, but she can get crazy. Love her in that. Okay. As Vince Vaughn, Cameron Diaz. Ooh. Bad teacher vibes. Okay, yep. Will Ferrell. Kristen Wiig. Okay. Okay. Easy. Yep. And Jeremy Piven, let's bring back from the late, the early 2000s, like sex comedy. Let's bring back Selma Blair. Ooh. A little bit of a smaller role. She's kind of the one that's coming down on them. I was like, oh, this is what I want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's awesome. What about Nicole? Did you have one for Nicole? I didn't cast any men. You know what? Who could be there? Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> let him in. Well, let me start with my uh, cast of those five. Uh, Nicole is Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he's just your go-to eye candy when he's the token man. In a, because <laughs> he just knows his place. Like, he just knows he is there to just look pretty and shut up while the women do their work. So good. He is perfect. I have all different for the other ones, but although I did like your options. Uh, so for Mitch, I'm going with Anne Hathaway. Ooh. I just feel like she could play the straight lace, but a little bit, you know, getting into it and having fun. Um, for Beanie, I'm going with Emily Blunt, just because she takes no shit. And I could just see her just being like, Ooh. how fucking dare you, Anne Hathaway? Like, we are doing this. I own Speaker City. Here is Snoop Dogg. And then I went a bit off kilter with Frank. But I, I'm sticking with my choice. I'm going with Brie Larson. Can you see it or is that crazy? All right. No, you know what? I think she needs that right now because right now her and her Instagram, all her selfies with all her little 2001's captions about like, 
I'm weird. I love food. She needs a Will Ferrell-esque role to catapult her back into like, we are here for your talent, Brie. Yeah, I feel it. like she, she should just needs do to it. let loose, get crazy, and just yes. go streaking to the yes. gymnasium because everybody's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And then finally, I had Kate McKinnon for Dean Pritchard because she would love doing that. Yeah. She'd be perfect, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I like Summer Blair, though. I thought that was, that was inspired. That works. I would watch both these movies. Yeah, someone needs to make these movies. That's, that's an easy decision. All right. Do you want to ask me your questions? Let's get into it. Okay. Question number 14. Todd Phillips directed this film, Road Trip, The Hangover, and went on to direct Joker. What's the most surprising movie in someone's filmography? Well, as the renowned film expert that you and all the listeners know me to be, I clearly answered this question so easily. No, I went and looked up a whole bunch of different answers. And the one I've decided on is... Bridges of Madison County by Clint Eastwood. Just because he just did like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just all westerns and man movies, right? And then to go and do this romance one. And he literally, I was reading like this article where he was just like, this romance stuff is really hard. (laughs) I was like, why did you choose to do this? Just go back to your man movies. But there is something about them that I like respect because you're getting a different sort of take on the genre oh totes and it's pretty well regarded isn't it that film oh yeah 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 i mean he he did he didn't get shit on for it so i'm sure that also helps i'm sure when you do one of these movies and everyone's like that sucked you're like oh i shouldn't have done it but when it goes well you're like yeah go me see i can I do things it. yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i just love when you find out i feel like it when you you watch like a shitty movie what i like a bad movie and then you find out you're like oh this person also directed Bridges of Madison County, something good. And I'm just like, oh, this is your one this is your one embarrassing spot. And Todd Phillips kind of has the opposite of all of these like quote unquote in the industry embarrassing spots and this surprise like Oscar darling, critic darling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's well, I suppose everyone can have the occasional fuck up, right? Or can fuck up all the time and therefore have the occasional good up? Glow up. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Just that they even trusted him, trusted him with Joker, you know, it's like, all right. Yeah. All right. Question number 15. Jesse Heisman, who I'm wondering if you recognized him, famous extra who made out with Bar Raffaele in the GoDaddy commercials, is in this film. Briefly, I clocked him immediately. His credits include hot dog buying guy, third UFO enthusiast, and locker room student with inhaler, just to name a few. Which of his roles would you want to take on? I did actually say, hey, that guy, when I saw him. So there you go. Um, I I think I recognize him from Chuck because I think he was like one of the Mm -hmm. guys working in the um, best – is it Best Buy? Buy more? Buy more in Chuck. It has another name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was Like Speaker City. That guy. And then so when I saw your question, I was like, I wonder if it's that guy. And then I Googled it. I was like, it's that guy. So then I went and looked at his entire credit list, which you are correct, is extensive and very varied. And it sounds like he has a fun life, actually. Yeah. I am going to go with guy using water fountain in Parks and Recreation (laughs) for two reasons. (laughs) The first is because I would be hydrated, which is always a plus. I am not good at staying hydrated. Yeah. Drink water, bitch. And secondly, I'd get to hang out with the cast of Parks and Recreation, which is like my favorite show. So it's a fucking no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if Sam was here, he would choose making out with 
by Raffaele in that commercial. I just remember when it came out, it led to so much discussion of, oh, why does this gross guy get? And then we're being like, stop calling him gross. Like, yeah. no, but really look at him. <laughs> just like, oh boy, imagine that being the news cycle around your commercial. Yeah, cut the guys some slack. But I guess he makes money out of looking a little weird and like being a bit quirky. So, hey, good on you, buddy, I guess. Well, that's that's the joke of it. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point of it is that he's like weird and sad. He was in so many of these like teen movies as like, look at that weirdo. And he made his money. Well, I mean, if your options are, I look like a weirdo freak and girls don't want to have sex with me. So I am either going to go and be a weirdo freak in movies and make money and make up with Bar Rafali, or I am going to go and be an incel and shoot up a fucking school. I think the first option is a better choice. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Yeah. If those are your choices. But he gets laid like nobody's business. He seems like a guy, guy who probably has a gorgeous wife and like a family. Yeah. And he's just like, bye, guys. Today I'm going to be on the new Marvel movie. Bye, guys. Today I'm in the new Star Trek. Bye, guys. You yeah. know, like he's just he's just like, I need to go work with like Clint Eastwood. Bye. Yeah, totally. He's either like this really lovely, amazing guy or he's a total psychopath. It's hard to say. Yeah, I think doing extra work for that long could turn you into a psycho because you just you have to just sit there and wait. You just sit there all day. It's like cold. You're just waiting. Everybody else is eating good food. You're standing in a corner trying not to get COVID. Sounds like a rough life. Rough life. Speaking of rough lives, what's your next question? Speaking of rough lives, (laughs) question number 16. How would you haze pledges in your fraternity? Okay, so I'm just going to replicate all of the trials from the Stonecutters. That's a paddling. (laughs) I may have just rewatched that Simpsons episode literally yesterday. (laughs) It's just hilarious because it's like, first it's the, I can't remember the name of all of them, but it's like the valley of a thousand strikes. And then so he walks through and like they all slap him on the ass with the paddle and then he's like, and now it's the something else and he walks back and then they're like, okay, now you're done. And it's the paddling of the swollen ass. They'll <laughs> paddle him again. I'm not very creative. I'm sorry. The hazing thing is weird. I don't understand how they come up with all these things. Yeah. It's just a weird concept to me. Why would I do this to people? I wonder. It must still happen. But I guess to a lesser extent, you have to keep it on the DL. But it just is so weird. I don't think I'd want a friend that badly. Nah. I'd rather be alone. Yeah. Well, I suppose if you're like, it's one of these ones where um, your dad's like pushing you into it because it's gets you into like the society that'll mean that you'll have all the connections when you're, you know, you're just like, well, I have to do whatever I have to do to get in here because otherwise I screwed up my whole life. Yeah, right. When it's like a but legacy thing. I mean, I went to a college that had a very big fraternity and sorority presence and a friend who went there, they like started before me joined sorority, but they had to check all your outfits. Like you had to tell them what you were going to wear that night. And I was like, they wouldn't – I said, that's oh too much work. I'm not doing that. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm always fascinated by the whole fraternity, sorority, Greek system thing. It's uh, it's interesting. Speaking of fraternities, that moves us on to my questions. And so question 17, what cool nickname like the Godfather would you have if you were the head of a fraternity so it's it sounds cool on its own. It's not. But my old boss would call me the sheriff because she said that I was always trying to control what was happening. And there's a movie where Rosie O'Donnell plays a mentally disabled woman. 
and her sister calls her the sheriff because she's always trying to control, like, who's getting on the bus, who's getting off the bus, where they're going. So at first I was like, oh, the sheriff, that's cool. Yeah. And then she explained it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. But I was like, yeah, that would be because we were talking before about how the women – who was it? Ellen Pompeo was like kind of a – or no, the wife. Will Ferrell's wife is kind of like a wet blanket. I'm a wet blanket. I am. I'm like – I would be coming in there like – you guys, you're being too loud. We're going to get in trouble. Hey, are you spilling over there? What's happening? So I would get like a mocking nickname, like the sheriff. But it still sounds cool. So let's just roll with that. Right. Yeah. I like it. I don't think that's bad. Okay. Question 18. <laughs> I had to put this question in. I'm so thrilled <laughs> with it. Question 18. What is your position on the role of government in supporting innovation in the field of biotechnology? <laughs> Here's my genuine feeling. Very important because I want them using that money. We need government money to make fake meats alternatives like so that we don't have to test on little mice and beagles and stuff. So we got to get them in there laying that groundwork, getting them the good technology so they don't just have to grab a handful of like outdoor rats and go to town. I have no notes. That was perfect. Really, I was going to say that no matter what you said. But no, I think that's a legit call. I would also add like vaccines so that you don't have to rely on Pfizer or Modena or something to bring out the latest because that just seems fucking wrong. Just seems wrong that we're relying on the capitalist system for that. Yeah, please help me, government. Please (laughs) do something. I'm giving you so much money. Yes. Yes. So do it. Support innovation in the field of biotechnology. (laughs) I hope the government listens to this episode of the podcast and they say, oh, oh yeah. yeah these, okay. These girls are so clever. And when you say the government, it actually you need both New Zealand and America governments to be doing this. So. <laughs> the earthwide <laughs> government. Oh, you're talking like the New World Order. So like the yeah. actual secret government that controls all. They'll go whisper to your people, my people, and say, hey, we heard a podcast. So it's the lizard people. Yeah. We need the lizard people to listen. Yeah. Okay, good. Lizard people, listen up. <laughs> okay. And finally, is Beanie a psychopath or a genius for starting a fraternity out of Mitch's place? He is a psycho for the reasons he did it because he he wasn't trying to just like – it wasn't like, oh, if we do this, we get – cheaper rent it wasn't like oh you know he wasn't running a con it was like fixing this problem in the craziest way they should have just helped his friend move somewhere else like it was just you know there were other solutions but he saw a chance to enact chaos and get away from his wife which was all he really wanted he wanted his own separate place which makes him a psycho yeah wouldn't it been easier to just build a man cave or something or like with your millions of dollars that the government doesn't know about clearly, like just go and rent a fucking, I don't know, a brothel or something. Well, no, not a brothel because he didn't cheat on his wife, which I really liked actually. I thought that was really cute how it actually came to it. He was just like, no, I can't do this. Sorry. But you can give me my, your number in case something happens to my wife. Put a back room in a speaker city and put a big TV. Like, yeah. You own Make the like building. a speakeasy. Yeah. Where you have to go through a speaker to get to a pub. That would have been way better. Yeah. yeah, that would have been genius. But then all these middle-aged dudes were like, this is the best idea ever. I need to join a fraternity. I have nothing. I play golf and I don't even like golf. Why are you playing a sport you don't like? There were a lot of sad sacks. I know. So pathetic, right? So pathetic. I'm not pathetic. I do normal 
human things. It sounds like just what a human would say. I do normal human thing. <laughs> Fine, I'm one of the lizard people. I was, I was, I'm a lizard. Hey, that's how you knew. <laughs> that's how you asked about government biotech. That's right. I needed to know what our next platform should be for oh. you know global domination. <laughs> to win over the middle of the country, aka me. Yeah. So before I give away all of my lizard people government secrets. I think that you should go on to our final question, question 20, which is a Patreon question. Tell us about that Patreon and its question. It's you. Oh, a Patreon question for me, Emily of the Tasteless Podcast, really wiggling my way in here where I compare (laughs) movies. Now I'm going to force you to do it. I've come here. I'm turning the tables on you with my question. What obscure movie would you pair with this movie to make a double feature? Okay, in the theme of adults going back to university and embracing Greek life, I'm going to go with the house bunny, where Anna Faris plays a playboy bunny and she becomes the house mother for a sorority of outcasts because I find that movie actually quite funny. I think it's quite hilarious. Phenomenal movie. Yeah, it's top notch. So, yeah, because I was just like, oh, I can think of quite a lot of Greek-themed films, but I feel like that's kind of like the, the counterpart to this one. I hundred percent is yeah. That would be a very natural pairing. Yeah, I thought because so. originally Great I was thinking, you know you could do like you could do like Angerman or Zoolander or something, but I was just like, actually, no. I'm going. I'm I'm going flip side. I'm going woman. I'm embracing the feminine power of Anna <sighs> Ferris. Well, and Luke Wilson and Anna Ferris's characters would actually be a great match. Yeah, they would. Oh my god, I've watched that movie too. We'll like do a crossover. Man, Hollywood should just employ us to write all their movies. Well, they really should. Come up with ideas. Like, we'd be at least as good as those manatees from South Park, right? (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to write it. We just want to say things, and then you pick what to write. Yeah. Hollywood. I don't do any actual work. No actual work for us. I went with what I think, basically a movie that is like if the Vince Vaughn in this had his own movie, which I actually mentioned before, Bad Teacher starring Cameron Diaz, which is kind of this stunted growth adult who realizes that that she needs to kind of get it together and that she has more in her life than she thought. And it's kind of that other dark thing where you're like, I don't, this is not a good person, but I'm enjoying watching this. Yeah, legit. I love that movie too. That's a quality film because she is such a shit person. She's so horrible when she's just – but I love it. I think I saw in the theaters twice she just passed out on her desk. It's just so good. It's so good. And Justin Timberlake, as always, just brings it as like that weird side just character. nerd, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Oh, And on that note, on, on the note of just loving a bit of Justin Timberlake, that <laughs> brings us to the end of the podcast. So thank you to Emily for joining me on this wonderful ride. Earmuffs, if you don't already fucking listen to Tasteless, then sort your shit out, okay? <laughs> What's your next episode about, Emily? Oh, I I have a couple that I'm thinking about. I'm trying to remember what I literally just did two days ago. Ah, uh, two days ago. That's so long ago. Who can remember? I have a couple on deck. I'm trying to figure out. It's mostly me trying to wedge in a movie that I just feel like watching. But, oh, that's what I just did. Actually, I was I was perfectly ready for old school because I just rewatched American Pie because I did – uh, the Banshees of Inishirin versus American Pie. Oh my God. Talking about masculinity. Uh, yeah, okay. I was like, what's the theme? But actually, no, that makes perfect sense. Masculinity and friendship as well, right? Yeah, and like legacy, what you leave That's behind. A fucking weird movie. 
And Sean William Scott. <laughs> oh, I was talking about banshees. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, my mum would really like four-fifths of this movie. She wouldn't like the fingers part, but, which means she can't really watch the movie because it's kind of critical, but she'd like all the scenery. That'd be nice. <laughs> As for us, I saw that the latest episode from Verbal Diorama is on Hidden Figures, and I love that movie. So I thought it'd be great to get M from that show on to do a movie on our show that doesn't suck, as opposed to all of the movies she usually suggests. Love you, M. So anyway, um, I'm working on setting that up. And I also have an amazing episode planned after that, which for now is a secret, but let's just say it'll set us up well for live stream for The Cure which is coming up in May, and you better mark your calendars because we really need to make this one the best one yet, okay? So if you don't know what live stream for The Cure is, check out the show notes for this episode. And if you have any questions or suggestions or anything like that, shove them up your ass, or you can feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In or at Movie Reviews in 20 Qs on Facebook or Insta, or you can email us at mritqs at gmail.com. But otherwise, stay cool, nerds. See you later, Emily. Bye. (laughs) What a fucking shit show. I fucking need you now, tonight. I fucking need you more than ever. (laughs) Perfect. It was incredible. Honestly, the passion is what made it. Ah, top quality.